Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. When you know that there needs to be a change in your life or in the world around you, how do you respond? It can be easy to not do much at all, to remain comfortable, and to not really get into the mess, but it's important to make sure that you are engaged like you need to be, and sometimes that means being in uncomfortable situations. Sometimes change comes only through discomfort, and sometimes it also means removing yourself from the situation so that you can re-enter later on to really bring about the change you believe needs to take place. These are some of the things we're going to talk about today, and we're going to get to today's interview and a little bit more about our guest. But first, do you want to accelerate your leadership success? There's a way you can do that for free, and it's called the Mind Scan. This assessment is an inventory based on the Nobel-nominated Hartman Value Profile, and it measures your capacity to make value judgments concerning you and the world around you. Instead of simply understanding how you behave, it objectively measures why you behave the way you do. Align your thinking strengths with your leadership goals by applying to take the Mind Scan today. All you need to do is apply by emailing community at lifeasleadership.com. You'll get a unique link and the opportunity to review your results. Both the assessment and review call are totally free. If you want to understand the how and why of your decision making, in order to more quickly get the results you want, the Mind Scan can be your next step to success. Once again, community at lifeasleadership.com. Now, on to today's interview. Our guest today is an executive and leadership coach with a specialty in working with leaders and their teams to navigate through change and unlock their true potential. He supports leaders in gaining clarity so they can make well-informed decisions, improve their leadership skills, and ultimately increase their impact. He's known for supporting leaders in finding clarity so that they're energized, unstoppable, and able to lead with a strong presence. When leaders unlock their potential and lead from a place of inspired purpose, their positive impact and powerful leadership are amplified. Here is Tony Martinetti. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to being here. I'm glad you're here today. And I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Sure. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? The first one that always comes to mind is to get comfortable with discomfort. The other one is I like to play with paradoxes. I see leadership as a balancing act. Um, the next one is replace fear of the unknown with curiosity. Um, I love the aspect of, you know, embracing the unknown, but, you know, use curiosity as the vehicle to get there. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? A leader is a human, a true human. A leader is a servant and a leader is love. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? 
how can I be of service and what inspires me so I can inspire the people I lead? What's a book that you would recommend to leaders? Oh, there's so many. I'm going to have to list a few. I always recommend The Seven Habits, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But to go deeper, The Pause Principle by Kevin Cashman and Conversational Intelligence by Judith Glazer. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Have a deeper conversation and connection with themselves and create a deeper connection with their people. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Why not? I like to challenge the status quo. I'm a bit of a rebel. So that's why, why not? Well, Tony, we are here today to talk about some of your work and some of your insight that you can bring to leaders as a leadership and executive coach. But first, to get started, I'd love to hear about your transition into this line of work. You used to work at a biotech. You transitioned out of that. What did that transition look like, and what was it that brought about that change in your life? Yeah, um, so it's a good question. And this transition was a combination of lots of tiny steps that led to one moment that made me made the big leap. And what happened was I basically was sitting in a conference room and seeing 40 people, you know, sitting around and listening to CEO and a chief medical officer, you know, arguing about you know, who's right, who's wrong about a certain issue. Uh, I don't even remember what it was at this point, but I looked around the room and I said, wow, there's all these people looking at their cell phones and they're checked out. They're not really in tune with what's going on and they're not inspired any longer by the mission that for a biotech company, especially in the rare disease space, we should be in, enthralled by the fact that we're helping to save lives, but we weren't, we were just completely toned out. And I thought to myself like, wow, I'm getting paid really well to be here why do I want to waste my time sitting around collecting a paycheck and not feeling like I'm creating anything meaningful? Um, and these people who are, are being paid a lot of money to lead this organization, they're wasting the gift of leadership. So I thought to myself, I said, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I think I'm ready. I'm just going to leave. And so I walked out of the room and I didn't come back. A little side note, I did come back. I gave my two, two weeks notice, but it was the gesture of leaving that room that to me is a signal that in order for me to change that room, I needed to leave the room. And that's been my journey. And so you just talked about wasting the gift of leadership. Could you talk a little bit more about that? And then maybe how you want to make sure that other leaders don't end up wasting this gift? Yeah. I mean, so um, as you've heard before, and I'm sure most of us have heard this, the idea that being a leader is not a title. It's something that you are, you, you know, you have to embody it. And, you know, that gift is that you're given the responsibility to uplift people, to um, make them better people by your presence and your example. So that is something when you're, you know, lifted into the seat of being the person in charge of an organization, um, you are given a lot of responsibility for inspiring, for coaching, for really helping people along that path. And when you squander that gift, it's really a waste. It's unfortunate that some people are do, uh, they do waste that gift. So for me, when I think about organizations of today, 
um, the, it really has to be people first and not just looking at, you know, oh, we get disengagement, let's get people engaged. It's about making them enriched, making people see them as I come to work for you. I'm going to come to work and I'm going to be a better human for coming to work for you. Do you find that a lot of leaders are able to catch that vision or is that a hard sell for them? I think there's a lot of great intentions. And so there's a lot of things that get in the way. And so there's a lot of ways that we can help people to get course corrected and to reconnect with that good intention. Um, So it does start with good intention, but there's an element of making sure that they stay on course and stay connected to their own personal inspiration of what they're meant to be doing. Is that something you find hard to get leaders to be on board with as far as really getting clear on their own vision? Because I I know that it can be easy to see what other people need to change. And in leadership, you have to be humble enough to admit that you also need to grow. And for some people, that comes fairly easy. But for other people, I think that can be difficult to admit. Yeah. And and I think that it really depends on the person you're talking to. Not everyone is is, um, easy to reach. Because in order for you to change, you have to admit that you're um, in a place where you can be receptive and you're willing to take the process and own it. Because if a person who's saying, yeah, I I really want to be that leader, I want to be that person who's going to take a company and the people, people in that organization and make it a better organization for society, for the people who are around them, they have to first take that mantle and then they have to commit the actions that it will take for them to do now and in the long term. Problem being is that some people will say it, but they won't commit to the actions. So there's an element of not everyone's ready for that. And Tony, I'd love to get to these three sayings that you gave us at the beginning of the show, these three lessons, and maybe share with us what that's looked like for your own life or for the lives of the clients you've been able to work with, these executives and these other leaders that you've been able to coach. The first one is get comfortable with discomfort. Could you talk to us for a second about getting comfortable with discomfort? Because that's not something that a lot of people really enjoy doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, uh, when I think about this, the saying, it's really about, you know, if you're doing things the way that are comfortable, you're not really growing, you're not creating anything new. The way that this shows up is in organizations, for example, if everyone's getting along, then um, nothing's really happening. So if you want everyone to get along and it's really happy-go-lucky, then that's all fine and great, but nothing's going to be advanced. It doesn't mean you want to have chaos, but as I say, friction creates growth. So you want to have some um, divergent thinking that allows people to say, yeah, I mean, I may not disagree with you, but I'm open to hearing you out and let's see how, see what comes out. And that the end of the road of that is innovation. And that's powerful. The next thing, and this is the third one that you mentioned, but I feel like it might be connected to the first. That's the idea of replacing fear with curiosity. Yeah, and it is. Um, it is related to the first, but you know, this is usually more personal than it is related to what's happening in the company. But Uh, For a person to be in fear of what could happen if they get out there and do something that's not comfortable for them, then, um, you know, lean into why they feel that way. What is it that's stopping them from doing that? And by questioning and leaning into that, they'll uncover something inside of them that's really holding them back. And knowing that 
understanding that blind side is really where growth is happening for them. Um, so that's, that's really a powerful thing. And the more you get curious and you ask the right questions of yourself and your team, um, you start to see more and more things bubble up. Now, before we get to the third, which is really the second one that you shared with us, you just talked about working with teams. What does it look like to work with teams? What are some recommendations that you might give? Because anytime you add extra people, there are a lot of other things you have to worry about. You know, executive coaching is working one-on-one with an executive. When you start bringing other people into the mix, all of a sudden that adds a little bit more complexity. Absolutely. Um, You know, when you're working with teams, it's really a, a bunch of individuals coming together as, as, a, as a unit. And you really have to take all those dynamics together. And one of the most important parts of the team is starts with one thing, trust. And if you don't have trust in the people that you're working with, then, you, then you're starting with a, a crippled organization, a crippled team. Um, and you can't get much done without trust. The other part of it is psychological safety, which is something that I, I do a lot of work around this. And I think it's really important. Um, it's been a term that's become really popular lately, but it's, uh, it's really about ensuring that people feel safe to speak up, um, that they feel safe to, you know, be themselves and to make mistakes. Um, and there's more to it, but I think those are the key tenets of what we're talking about here is to ensure people bring ideas and they're not afraid of repercussions. And so the final lesson that you shared with us at the very beginning of the interview is this idea of playing with paradox and that leadership is a balancing act. What do you have to say about that? Yeah. So one of the biggest challenges with leadership is that it's never going to be one thing or another. It's all about finding out where you have to flex. So here's an example. People often talk about, you know, you want to show some vulnerability because if you're not being human, you're not approachable. But at the same time, you don't want to be, you know, bearing your soul at every every moment of the day and um, be seen as somebody who can't show up with some force or to hold people accountable. So there's an element of bringing back some of that, you know, have some force, but also have some vulnerability. It comes from experience. The more and more time you spend as a leader of an organization, you learn what works and you learn what doesn't. And you start to figure out when to push hard and when to pull back. Now, one of the ideas that is important in your work is this idea of kind authority. Could you speak to us a little bit about kind authority, how you understand it and why you think leaders should have this as a key part of what they do? You know, it really kind of echoes what I was just talking about a little bit in the sense that you want to be able to show people that you're here to help them, to, to, to grab them up and pull them up when they're down, when they make a mistake and the, you can, you know, bring them along in the, in the journey. But also at the same time, you want to hold them accountable and show them that we got a mission and we want you to be part of making that mission come together. Um, and that accountability is important. Um, because if you don't hold them accountable, then people will take advantage of that situation. So there's an element of that, you know, being able to have a soft hand and also a strong back. Now, what are some of those tools or practices 
or ideas that you share with leaders as you're working with them to help them get caught up to speed in some of these areas that you've been sharing with us about today? Yeah. Um, in terms of the tools for people to be able to kind of foster this type of uh, leadership, I mean, one of the most important things is for people to take steps back and say, you know, what is it that I really value? What are the things that I want for myself personally? And it starts from uh, each individual leader. Um, because if they don't have a good foundation of their inner knowing, then they're not going to be able to take the journey with their people. Um, I always say that there's an element of putting your own oxygen mask on first, taking care of your self-care, your own understanding before you can lead others. That's the first tool. The next part is really embracing who do you have on the team? Do you have the right people? Um, and ensuring that you build the teams that are um, set up for success. Not having a lot of the, the same people that are going to continue to to create, you know, a lot of, let's call it yes men. <laughs> you want to have some divergent thinking, as I said earlier. So building the right team around you is important. And then the vision. And the great thing about the vision is it doesn't have to be one person's vision. It's about crafting a vision that everyone can get um, involved in and having them craft together, which is really cool because then you have people have skin in the game and create more buy-in to that vision. And one of the things that I think would be really helpful for anyone listening to this podcast right now is something you just talked about a second ago, which is building a high-performing team, making sure you have the right people in the right places so that you can actually accomplish the vision and the mission that you have as a leader, getting those right people in place so that you can do what you want to do and the team can have the effectiveness it wants to have. I mean, it's not about like, you know, making sure you have all these um, seasoned veterans who have done it all, seen it all. It's great to have people who have great experience and, and wealth of experience, but also have some newcomers who are coming in with fresh perspective. You need, you know, that diversity so you can truly see uh, where you're missing things. Now, Tony, for those who have not had a coach before, who have not had a leadership coach, an executive coach, who have not done much in the world of coaching, what is your 60 to 90 second pitch for what a coach can do for a leader? Coaching can really change um, someone's view of the world. And uh, I don't mean to be so out there with this, but it, it can shift your mind in the perspective of, you know, you're seeing things from your perspective. Someone who rides with a coach is going to be able to see possibilities where they didn't necessarily see them, you know, create goals that are maybe beyond what you currently imagined, and just get someone to provoke your thinking in a way that would create something bigger than you are currently seeing. So I like to see it as coach can, can help you climb the mountain that you are currently on in a better way without having to break your back, without having to hire more people to, um, to, to, to take the journey. Uh, they can help you to, you know, really create a, a better process to get what you want. And if people would like to have a conversation with you about what that could look like, where can people go to get in contact with you and find out more about you and the work that you do? The best way to get me is on my website. My website is inspiredpurposecoach.com and you can um, find me there. 
Great. Well, the last thing I want to do before we end this interview is to see if you have any final thoughts for us today. We've covered a number of things connected to leadership and executive coaching, but are there any things you would like to reiterate or maybe is there something that you'd like to bring up to the listeners before we go that we didn't have a chance to get to? Yeah, there's one thing I'd like to add. And uh, first of all, I want to thank you before um, we wrap um, for for this time together. Um, the one thing I would say is, you know, uncertainty has been on a lot of minds lately. And I would just say that to embrace uncertainty, I mean, uncertainty is one part of uh, of the journey that it actually is, is really important. It's some amount of uncertainty helps us to keep going because we don't know what's around the corner. That's the one thing I would leave you with. All right. Well, Tony, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. If you'd like to get in touch with Tony, I encourage you to find his contact information in the show notes or at lifeasleadership.com slash 098. I encourage you to think about what it would look like to work with someone who can help you to get where you want to go, but more quickly. We also talked with Craig LaMasters earlier in the week, who's focused on doing the same thing. So I encourage you to consider what this would look like and to take advantage of those free resources and free consultations. Find those tools and have those conversations that can help you in your leadership growth. And if something clicks with you, great. If not, take what it's worth and continue on using the information that you've gained from that person. Now, let's go ahead and go to today's three key takeaways. The first one is this. In order to change the room, sometimes you have to leave the room. And this isn't meant to abdicate responsibility, but sometimes perspective is lost and it takes some time for either you to gain perspective or the room to gain perspective before you can really come to that place to where that change that needs to happen can actually happen. The second key takeaway is also connected to change, and that is that leaders have to first commit to that particular change and then in their own lives have those consistent actions that will bring about that change. It's great to bring about change, but you can't just put that on other people. You have to be leading the way and you have to be seeing change and seeing growth in your own life. And the final key takeaway is this. If you don't have trust, you're going to have a crippled team. So if you want to have a high-performing team, a team that is able to get things done, a team that's working together well, make sure that you gain trust. You want your team to trust you as well as trust other people on the team. Now, I hope you'll join us once again at the beginning of next week because we have someone who's sharing about a topic that we haven't really talked about very much yet on this podcast, and that's the idea of succession planning and preparing to hand over leadership to other people. That's something that you may not be thinking about too much yet, but it's good to begin thinking about now so that when the time comes, whether you're the person handing leadership over or the person who is taking leadership, you are able to think through and guide that process in a as much as you can to make sure that it's an effective transfer of leadership. I hope you'll join us then. And until then, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. 
Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon, and until then, keep living and leading well.